From Seoul, Korea, KBS World Radio News Today starts right now. On today's broadcast, North Korea showcases what is presumed to be a solid-fuel intercontinental ballistic missile during a massive military parade marking its army's founding anniversary. South Korea's rescue workers find a survivor at the site of the Turkey-Syria earthquake. And the Constitutional Court begins deliberating on a parliamentary resolution to impeach Interior Minister Lee Sang-min over the Itaewon crowd crush. This is KBS World Radio News. I'm Tom McCarthy. North Korea conducted a massive military parade Wednesday night in celebration of the 75th anniversary of the founding of its armed forces. With regime leader Kim Jong-un in attendance with his wife and daughter, Pyongyang flaunted its nuclear might by parading its tactical arsenal and intercontinental ballistic missile units, including one that likely uses a solid-fuel propellant. Beijing reports. North Korea's state-run Korean Central News Agency reported on Thursday that a nighttime parade was held in Pyongyang's Kim Il-sung Square the previous day to mark the 75th anniversary of the founding of the Korean People's Army. According to photos released by the KCNA, Pyongyang seemingly showcased a new weapon suspected to be an intercontinental ballistic missile equipped with a solid-fuel engine, along with a Hwasong-17 ICBMs. The unidentified missile loaded on a transporter erector launcher appeared to be different from the one featured in a parade in April 2017 for the 105th birthday of the late regime founder Kim Il-sung. The KCNA said tactical nuclear units in the procession demonstrated the regime's war deterrence and counterstrike capabilities, and the ICBM units flaunted its maximum nuclear force. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, who was accompanied by his wife Lee Seolju and their daughter Chue, conducted his inspection wearing a black coat and fedora, a style reminiscent of his late grandfather and regime founder Kim Il-sung. He did not, however, appear to have addressed the crowd. Chue, presumed to be the couple's second child, was seen holding hands with her father as they walked on the red carpet as they arrived for the parade while her mother walked behind them. This is the fifth time Kim's daughter has attended a public event since last November when she first observed the test launch of a Hwasong-17. Pedro and KBS World, Radio News. South Korea plans to develop a microsatellite system by 2030 to enhance the capability to monitor the Korean peninsula and surrounding waters from space. According to government sources on Thursday, related ministries and agencies held a meeting earlier in the day to discuss the project with a price tag of 1.4 trillion won, or around 1.1 billion U.S. dollars. The government plans to utilize the microsatellite imagery to better monitor potential risks on the peninsula and in nearby waters, including North Korea nuclear development, and to prepare responses to maritime security threats and disasters. South Korean rescue workers in Turkey began their mission with the successful extraction of a survivor in the earthquake-torn region of Hatay province. According to the foreign ministry on Thursday, the South Korean team rescued a man in his mid-70s near a high school in the province who is reportedly conscious with no major health issues. They also recovered four bodies from the same site. The team had set up a base camp at the Salim Anadolu High School in the Antakya region the previous day, selecting one of the worst-hit areas for their rescue operations at the request of the Turkish government. Meanwhile, the death toll from Monday's 7.8-magnitude earthquake reportedly rose more than 15,000. 
Foreign Minister Pakçin held phone talks with his Turkish counterpart Wednesday and pledged to provide all possible support for Turkey's efforts to recover from a devastating earthquake earlier this week. According to Seoul's foreign ministry, Pak expressed deep condolences over the damage from the massive quake in his phone call with Turkish Foreign Minister Mevlut Çavuşoğlu. Minister Pak said that the South Korean government plans to provide all possible support to Turkey for its relief efforts, including dispatching emergency rescue teams, adding that the South Korean people stand in solidarity with the Turkish people. In response, Çavuşoğlu appreciated the active support from South Korea, a brother nation of Turkey. are now listening to the news from KBS World Radio's news center in Seoul, Korea. The Constitutional Court has begun deliberating on a parliamentary resolution to impeach Interior Minister Lee Sang-min over the Itaewon crowd crush. In a meeting on Thursday, the top court is likely to decide how it will proceed with the impeachment motion and which justice will preside over deliberations, a detail not usually revealed to the public outside of an impeachment case. Under the Constitutional Court Act, the top court must reach a final decision within 180 days of receiving a motion, but the court is expected to expedite deliberations in order to avoid a prolonged vacuum in a ministerial post. Previously, the Constitutional Court had ruled on impeachment motions for former President Noh Moo-hyun in 64 days and former President Park Geun-hye in 92 days. The main opposition Democratic Party has denounced a court ruling that found former People Power Party lawmaker Kwak Sang-do not guilty of bribery. DP floor leader Park Hong-gun said during a party policy coordination meeting on Thursday that the public is appalled by the court's decision issued on Wednesday. He said that with such a ruling, the court has declared that it was lawful for asset management company Hwa Chun-dae-yu to hire Kwak's son and pay him 5 billion won in severance after 6 years of employment. Kwak was accused of receiving 5 billion won in the form of his son's severance pay from Hwa Chun Dae-yu in return for helping the company form a consortium with Hana Bank related to the Daejeong-dong land development project. The Minor Justice Party also condemned the court ruling on Kwak as absurd, raising concerns beyond the troubling ruling that the prosecution intentionally conducted a poor investigation and made a weak case. Bank lending to households in January saw the sharpest drop in 19 years thanks to a decline in demand for loans while more people paid down their debts. According to a report released by the Bank of Korea on financial market trends on Thursday, commercial bank loans extended to households reached roughly 1.05 quadrillion won or around 833 billion US dollars as of the end of January, down 4.6 trillion won from the previous month. The drop in January was the sharpest to be recorded since related statistics began to be compiled in January 2004, reversing a 300 billion won increase in December that was preceded by 3 months of decline from September to November. Japan's Niigata Prefecture has omitted the history of the Sado mining facilities in the 20th century when Japan colonized the Korean Peninsula in its resubmission for a UNESCO World Heritage Site designation for the mine. In a written interview with Yonhap News Agency on Thursday, Atsushi Sawada, the head of the prefecture's team pushing for the UNESCO designation, said the facility's outstanding universal value lies with the gold production technology from the late 16th to the late 19th centuries. The official claim that the history from the Pacific War in the 1940s is not connected to the facility's value as a potential world heritage site. 
The officials' comments contradict the official website of the facilities that states that the mine's history runs from 1601 to 1989, indicating an attempt by the local government to deliberately exclude the history of forced Korean labor during the war. Japan has come under fire for effectively excluding its wartime atrocities in the recommendation letter, as well as its persistent failure to fulfill an earlier pledge to include information about the forced labor of Koreans on Hashima Island, a site recognized as a UNESCO World Heritage Site in 2015. The benchmark Korea Composite Stock Price Index fell 2.12 points, or 0.09% on Thursday, to close the day at 2,481.52. The tech-heavy Kasdaq rose, however, gaining 4.60 points, or 0.59%, to close at 784.58. On the foreign exchange, the local currency weakened 0.31 against the U.S. dollar, closing the day at 1,260.41. And that's the news from KBS World Radio's News Center in Seoul. I'm Tom McCarthy. Thank、you